Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I would like to welcome you to today's podcast where we will be speaking on the subject, How Should a Christian View the Separation of Church and State? As I come today, I must make a declaration because the ministry is not-for-profit under Section 501C3 of the Internal Revenue Code, which states I cannot make any reference, I mean any information or try to propose any legislation or challenge any legislation, and I'm not doing so, but I do have the permission by law, to speak on what has already been established as long as I don't say what it should be done. But however, what I'm saying to you today is within the Bible. Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come today, we realize that you are the author and finisher of our faith. And that every good and perfect gift come down from the Father of light in whom there is no valueness, neither shadow of turning. And Father, as we come today, we exercise the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which you gave to your apostles and every believer. That whatsoever we bind on this earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on this earth is loosed in heaven. And we bind every principality every power, every ruler of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in the high places, we bind it in Jesus' name. We exercise the name of Jesus over all the names of the enemy, Beelzebub, Satan. At the name of Jesus, these names will bow, their principalities will bow to the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you and ask you that your people be, let your people be educated, edified, and renewed by this podcast, the speaking of what your desires are for your people. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord here. How should a Christian view separation of church and state? The issue of separation of church and state has prompted much debate. In spite of the rhetoric common to the revisionist historians, America's founding fathers did not seek to eradicate religion. Indeed, an overwhelming majority of those who signed the Declaration of Independence counted themselves as religious men. It may come as a surprise to learn that nowhere in the Constitution does the word of separation of church and state appear. The idea of church and state Separation came from a letter penned by Thomas and President Thomas Jefferson. Again, contrary to the propaganda from the revisionists, Jefferson's cause was to protect religious liberties from the intrusive government, and in no way did Jefferson or any other framer of the U.S. Constitution 
seek to restrict Americans' religious activity. Americans live in a constitutional republic rather than a theocracy and for a good reason. State-sanctioned churches are historically become puppets of the government. In countries with state churches, the edicts of fallible men takes precedence over the inspired teaching of scripture. I'll say that again. In countries with state churches, the edicts of fallible man takes precedence over the inspired teachings of the scripture. When the state is the head of the church, the integrity of the gospel is all too easily compromised. Christians are glad for the separation of church and state as the separation is designed to protect religious liberty. In the first Bill of Rights, Congress shall make no law respecting and establishing a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. I'll read that again. The first Bill of Rights says, Congress shall make no law respecting and establishing a religion or prohibiting these exercises of free exercises thereof. That wording is the result of lessons learned by Victoria Holy Roman Emperor Empire and King Herod VIII, Powell's grab in 1534, Act of Supremacy, it was the title. The point of the First Amendment was not read was not to rid the country of religious, but to ensure that the federal government did not select a religion and give it exclusive support. Americans are free to worship as they please. Another popular misconception is that men and women of faith have no business being involved in politics. Say it again. Another popular misconception is that men and women of faith has no business being involved in politics. But it is hard, hardly a secret that George Washington was in an active member of the Truro Parish, the local Episcopal Church. In the early days of the Republic, a church met within the Capitol building, a church attended of all people by Thomas Jefferson, president that is. Within a year of his inauguration, Jefferson began attending church services in the House of Representatives. Throughout his administration, Jefferson permitted church services in the executive branch building. Hallelujah. Religion, <clears throat> hallelujah. The gospel was also preached in the Supreme Court chambers. Religion and the founding of American Republic. Religion and the federal government part two and is locally recognized. 
a Christian should view separation of church and state as a good thing. Those who wish to continue or those wish to combine church and state usually do so thinking that Christianity can help stamp out evil. It is the church that is in charge, not the government. But history shows that the meddling of, a, of church and state gives rise to corruption, total authoritarianism, and oppression. Christians can and should be involved in pol the political process just as anyone else. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, referenced in John 18, verse 36. Therefore, I'm establishing the word of God in this podcast. Not my viewpoints, not what should be done, but what the word of God says. So all you folks out there that are listening closely to see whether I'm trying to influence legislature, you're going to find out that I'm staying with the word of God which no man can disannul. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, John chapter 18, verse 36. And Christians understand that enforcing Christianity through a natural, rational, natural church is not the answer to the world's problems. The limits imposed on the government and the U.S. Constitution are wise, and designed to preserve the religious freedom of individuals. Praise the Lord. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I am not going to pretend that there are persecutions, that there are not persecutions of the church and the church body. We have people within the church body that prosecute the church itself. Every unbeliever, everyone that comes up against the scripture, they crucify Christ afresh. This is a very good podcast. It was not brought by me. It was established and framed by the government to keep us away from a censored censorship of, of the gospel of Christ. A lot of people, they own the church. You wouldn't hear nothing but what they wanted to say. But God's word is a spirit. It is embedded in the spirit of the living God. And that spirit is the Holy Spirit. A lot of us, Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, but it is the testifying of the work of Jesus Christ here on this earth. And we have a right to do that. A God-given right. So I'm saying to you in this podcast that you need to take a look at where you are rather than where the government is, or what they are saying to you. I'm not making any references or any changes should be made. This is a one-on-one -on -one commitment to Christ. Your religious freedom is in Christ, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is 
liberty. That liberty is in Christ. Keep us in us and not blaming everybody about something else. This is a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Christ. May God bless you. May God smile upon you. And may he give you peace as you read and listen to this podcast. God bless you.